This is Chris again with the Caffeinated Contractors. We're here today. We're going to be talking about home design, working with a designer, whether it be with a new construction or remodel project. And of course, I'll be drinking coffee. Jody, are you drinking coffee today? Look, I've oh, got my right. bag. Got awesome. I've got my coffee. So do you take yours black or do you put I'm anything just, in it? I'm straight black. Uh, I used to put creamer in it back in the day, but I'm like, what's the use? I'm just drinking it for the caffeine. But over time i actually love the taste of just plain coffee it's it's delicious mm -hmm. it's it's much better just to have black plain coffee i yeah. have you know i have family visiting and i always as a treat they love the creamer so now i'm like hooked on the creamer so i'm gonna have to uh -oh. un unhook myself from that sugar <laughs> yeah no really it's dangerous um but yeah, I, I used to get into frappuccinos and things like that. That's how I got into coffee. But now I'm like, I guess stay with the sugar, just want the caffeine, but I love the taste. And I'm always going to Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, there's one yes. about two miles down the road here. So I went and picked up my, my cold brew, almost done with it. And then I have uh, some supply over here too. So always Black Rifle. Back up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love it. I love it. Excellent. So it's always good to drink some coffee, talk design, talk construction. And uh, today we're talking with Jody Peterman with uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Aaron Designs. Uh, you're out of uh, Pensacola-ish, Florida. Yeah. Yep. So I have a home base office here in like uh, Fort Walton Beach area, close to Pensacola. Um, okay. And then I have my main office uh, is in Iowa where I have designers. And then I have another satellite office in St. Louis. We kind of go all over. We make the rounds. <laughs> yeah. Any, is there any strategy behind the placement of those satellite offices? Um, it's just where, you know, I, I, you know, the years that shall not be named is what I call those wonderful years in the 2021. Yeah. <laughs> those, those times yeah. um, we, we learned as a company that, you know, to keep employees happy, pivoting was a great idea. And one way we could pivot was to allow people to, you know, live or move or be where they want to be and still have a job because, you know, thank goodness I have an amazing team that still loves working for me. Awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah. And so one of them, their um, boyfriend moved to St. Louis. And so that's where they're at. And uh, oh. I'm glad she can work from there. And then me being in Florida, that was a recent move in September because my daughter and son-in-law got stationed here. Okay. And um, and had our first grandbaby, and I didn't want to miss out on any baby snuggles. So that's how we ended up in, in lovely Fort Walton Beach, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, the whole virtual thing, you know, and this is totally off topic. We ha we have another podcast uh, called The Virtual Voice, and okay. on that podcast, we talk about company culture in the virtual world. Um, and you, you, it just seems like that that's what you guys are living. So that's pretty cool that you just open that up. Like, Hey, wherever you're going to move, we're going to open up a satellite office. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I just feel like you are where you're at. And then when things happen easy, you just don't fight it as a business owner. I've been in business for going on. I'm over 20 years. So we're going on our 21st year. So wow. you just, when things just start happening and falling in. You just kind of like ride that wave, like let it happen and see where it goes. And and uh, it's it's not a time to be fearful. It's a time to, you know, hey, let's see where the, where God universe, well, let's see where the, we go with this. So wow. I love that. Yeah. Gosh, we should do a virtual voice podcast too on this. This is totally cool. This is totally what we're to. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cause we're doing some major pivoting 
rebranding, refocusing, restructuring, like how do we make the client experience better? Which is, I think what we're going to get into a little bit when we start talking about um, that process. Absolutely. Yeah. So aside from the amazing company culture that you have, (laughs) uh, can you tell us a little bit more about Elizabeth Aaron Designs? Yeah. So I started um, the company back in New Jersey in uh, 2023. um, And it was just me and a business partner and 20 or 2007, I bought her out and started my own company and the company was her name to begin with. And so I obviously needed to change the name and I was going to use J Peterman designs. Cause I thought that was the coolest. It was like, you know, just a nice all around name. Right. And yeah. then I would tell people that, and they would start laughing at me, like literally laughing at me. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like why, when I say that, is it so funny? And they're like, do you not watch Seinfeld? I'm like, yeah, I don't really I watch much thing. TV. I don't watch much TV. But I they're love like, it. I know. They're like, oh, Jay, Jay Peterman is Elaine's goofy boss and he's just you know, <laughs> to be like the village idiot. And I'm like, okay, well, we definitely don't want to go down that road. And then, you know, back way back when, when the internet was, you know, getting going, Jay, there's mm-hmm. been a Jay Peterman catalog company out since the 1800s. So to get mm-hmm. web presence would have been a little challenging. So yeah. I decided to steal my daughter's middle names and use those to create the company name, which is where Elizabeth Aaron Designs comes from. And so we were going good in, in New Jersey for a while. And then my, you know, 9-11 happened and my brothers are both in the military and they got called up. And um, I just felt like I needed to be home near my family to help out with, you know, the wives and the kids and my nieces sure. and nephews. And, and so we ended up going back there and, and then it just kind of grew because in New Jersey, it was always just me. Um, and so then, you know, you know, you can probably attest to this too. So you start like, what are the things you don't like doing? Like, I don't like doing admin stuff, like mm-hmm. don't like it. So I hired that out first and then accounting, yeah. forget about it. Then it was then, and then it was like, okay, let's add an intern. And so we have a really good partnership with you and I, Iowa State University um, and what oh, was another girl company? Um, I can't remember what other college you're from, but anyways, this is a local college and the girls, you know, look to, and guys have done internships at, um, at our firm. And it's been great because that's how I've collected and curated my employees. Wow. <laughs> so. That's cool. Yeah. So I, um, it, it's interesting to so say I'm, I'm speaking later this month at the build expo here in Houston, and I'm talking about how to scale your business with remote team workers. And one of the things I talk about is you know, how do you know when to hire? Well, what do you hate doing? What are you not good at? Those are the first two things that you hire out for, right? Absolutely. Well, and anything that you can hire out that doesn't necessarily touch your company branding is great. Like social media, I will always try and hang on to. I don't want to outsource that because social media is where your authenticity comes through as a business. And I feel like sometimes you, you're just posting to post or somebody doesn't, they they really have to get in and know you. So I have, you know, somebody hired just to do our social media that they just do ours. That's it. They're my employee. Um, And then, you know, some of my designers that meet with clients, they need to have our company branding down and they need to be on board with where we're at. But like, if we get busy, you know, which happens in spurts, instead of hiring people part-time, I have people that I can hire outsource to do some of the things that, you know, we, you know, take a little bit of time, like the renderings and things like that. I can outsource that. And I've trained them to do, um, you know, how our company operates and works. And so it's been really wonderful because, you know, I, th- I just think it's great when you can do that. 
Yeah. And it sounds like you have like this really strong support back office admin and, you know, just everything that you need to run the business where people were to come to you, they can feel like they're landing on a good place where they're going to be served well. Um, yeah. We're so always when, trying to one up that, that we're yeah. working on trying to create a better client experience. So that's what I've been working on in my business the past yeah. couple months. So excellent. Yeah. So when uh, somebody wants to, they're looking to embark on a project, you know, whether it be new construction or model, whatever, um, and they start interviewing designers, what are some good questions, maybe top three questions that they should be asking? Sure. I always, I'll volunteer this information if people don't ask it. Like I do a complimentary 30 minute consultation. So if people aren't asking these questions, I'll let them know. I think a, a lot of what people want to know is, okay, what is your total process? Like, how do you work with a client? Then how do we integrate in with the contractor? When do you fall off? When do I take over? You know, how does that all work? Because every designer is different. And then what if we want to engage your assistance with furniture? What does that look like? Because in a several areas, several of the States I work, we work in, um, I, people, there are designers out there that will, um, you can, they'll say, we'll do free, free interior design, but you have to buy all your furniture through us, mm. but you're paying an arm and a leg for yeah. that furniture. And then every house tends to have that same look. Yeah. So I say how we stand out, or if you want, if you're wanting that, that's fine. You know, that's great. Then utilize that. But what I feel like is unique about us and what I would look for in a designer is somebody that can do pretty much anything. They can customize exactly what I want um, to give me what I need. Okay. If that makes any sense. Like I can, we, we have over 125 lines of furniture, but we can also create a shopping list of people just want to go shopping on their own. We can do things of that nature. We can just be involved to do a master bathroom rendering and maybe they can get the rest of the selections themselves. So we can be engaged at any point um, and uh, of the process and things like that. So I think that's a good question to ask. The other one I'm passionate about is how are you going to protect my budget? This is my budget. How are you going to protect it? Because as I think that's an important question to ask, because in our firm, we don't get bids. That's all up to the contractor to do that. We're working yeah. on the designs and the tools that the contractor needs to obtain those bids. Gotcha. So we're not actually getting that. So I always say we'll do, we'll, you know, because I feel like sometimes there's a disconnect. It's hard. And you can maybe attest to this too. As a contractor, if somebody's really wanting a certain look, like they have ideas and Pinterest images, but how do you make that translate into their space? Like, how do you right. make that work for their space and their budget? That's where I think like a designer coming in can assist with all of that and create the documents that a contractor could take then and go get bids bit mm -hmm. out, you know, and then at that point, we always save, like, as far as my firm is, we always save one round of revisions after those bids come in so that we can talk with the contractor and say, hey, here are some options on mm -hmm. how you can get back into budget because nine times out of 10, the visions and the Pinterest pictures that we see online are not going to match up to the, yeah. to the um, budget, but, you know, but that's how we can help protect the budget because you're getting all the designs and selections done up front. So that's yeah. a good question to ask like that. And then my other one is I always, <laughs> when I always want to find out whether it's a potential employee or anything or a builder, I always ask, how do you build a sandwich? Tell me how you make a sandwich, because okay. I want to know 
like some people will say, well, you get a piece of bread and you put some peanut butter and jello and you slap together and you eat it. And then there's other people, employees that I've hired, they're like, you take this, you cut the bread a quarter of an inch, and then you put on a thin layer of this, and then you layer all the different things on, you know, like you want somebody detail orientated to be able to give your contractor everything they need so that you can, if you're bidding it out through multiple contractors, you're able to get apple to apple bids, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think those there questions. Yeah, those details are helpful. Like for me, I'm just thinking, okay, build a sandwich. Okay, what's the scope of work here and who's wanting it? And what exactly do they want in that sandwich? Like those are the questions going on in my mind, right? Yeah. And so uh, those details and, and someone being that meticulous is very helpful for me uh, because there's been times where I, I go to a place, or go to someone's house and you know, recently last month, and I said, okay, what would you like to do? Because he wanted a full remodel. I'm like, well, what would you like to do? I don't know. You tell me. I'm like, uh, tell <laughs> so you what you want, man. I know. Well, that's that's the problem. Like I even like my flooring people. Like when we 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 were right next door to our flooring company, and they would be they people would be like asking them, "What tile should I put in my bathroom?" Well, like mm -hmm. there's a million tiles. Well, can't you just give me a price? And I think that people just expect. I always call, I call this the old way where you're working off of allowances and you're expecting the contractor to give you a baseline knowing you're going to go over. Like, yeah. I don't even know what the percentage is now that all of the price increases and increase because people's expectations versus what it actually costs because those HGTV shows are amazing, but they do not, their pricing is mm -hmm. way off. They, oh, yeah. They're not accurate at all. They're getting things for free. And I could go into a whole podcast just about how crazy that is. But yeah. uh -huh. the pricing's not accurate. And so that's why we always save that third set of revisions so that we can say with the contractor, hey, here's where their budget is. Here's where they're at. What are some things they could do to still keep the integrity of the design, but scale right. back or maybe maybe even split it into a couple phases? Because you never mm -hmm. want to put something in phase two that it would be more productive and beneficial to do in phase one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. If you're doing new floor, you're going to want, and you want new trim, then it's better to do group those things together. Yeah. So to speak. Yep, absolutely. So, um, okay. So assuming somebody, uh, does, um, you know, wants to work with designer, they've done their interview. They're like, okay, I'm going to go with the, this designer. What, what are some of the things that a homeowner should have in place before working with a designer, do they need to know certain things to help you do your job? It it's it's helpful if they have an idea or direction or some sort of inspiration that okay. um that the lead designer and they can go over with in that in that meeting. A lot of times people don't do this every single day, and I think that some designers and contractors we're doing this every single day. So homeowners don't think to ask all the questions. Like if you're building a new home, do you want a zero entry shower? Do you need grab bars? Are you going to be aging in place? Do you want a bench or do you want to just do a teak bench that you can take in and out? Do you want a shave shelf? Do you, how, where do you want your niche at? You can't put, you know, at least in Iowa, you cannot put the um, water wall on the exterior wall because of freezing and things like that. So you have to, you know, build that out or fur the wall right. out. Um, just different things like like that. Yeah. And so I know that, um, that you are working on your experience with the customer uh, and you have some amazing tips for them. So you have like five tips to make their experience working with a designer amazing. What are those? 
Um, well, I say first is gather your team, right? You want to have at least a couple of contractors you're interviewing, an architect. I think the architect is probably, if needed, is the first person to engage. Sure. Because without it, the contractor's just gonna be like, when you get your floor plans done, let me know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a con architect, or bleh, excuse me, an architect <laughs> can take you so far. Maybe right. I have a little too much coffee. My, my brain is faster <laughs> than my mouth. Um, and then you don't have to work with a designer, but a designer kind of creates that triangle part of the team. If yep. you're not gonna hire a designer, then you need to take some time off to plan to do the selecting yourself and get the, your ducks in a row. Because like I said, contractors don't have a magic eight ball. They don't understand and know everything, everything you need. So when we start engaging, we will, we'll say, okay, we'll get with the architect. We'll get with the client. Sometimes we're meeting with the client before they even have an architect and we're talking through programming, right? Mm -hmm. um, how you want to use the space. What do you need in each space to space to function? Um, so gathering your team is, is crucial. And like I said, you don't have to have a designer. Um, it, it will make things a little bit easier visually. If you're not a visual person, if you're a very yeah. symmetrical person, because the first thing we do is we, we start working on the floor plans right? Yep. We'll start doing the floor plans and we'll take people through a 3D version of it with no finishes on the walls, but just so they can see the space. Yeah. Like, do you want a big closet or is a big closet not important to you? Like, do you want a freestanding tub or do you just want, you know, a nice shower? You know, all the different things that go into making that mm -hmm. space possible. Um, and then after that, I would say that after you gather your team, we're finalizing your plans and your layouts. So once you get the space kind of planned out and what project is coming to mind is we did a project in New York in Brooklyn and they had a three-story brownstone brick building. And he said, basically it's a rectangle box. I need the tenants. I'm going to run out for upstairs. The next level is going to be, you know, uh, our main floor with the dining room and kitchen and below is going to be, you know, the bedrooms and things like that. So mm -hmm. um, basically we had to break it up and make sure they had everything they needed. And then they sent it to an architect, which was really cool because we were able to give them something that they need. And they just made sure everything was structurally sound and all that good stuff. Cause you know, yeah. Designers can design beautiful things, but if so finalizing your plans. And then once we got, get the space planned out, we want to put furniture in there and we want to take you through to make sure I had one client that was very specific. She's like, I need three feet behind my sofa so that I can stand outside and I want to watch the wildlife, you know, and have a cup of coffee in the morning. That's one thing I want to do. And she wasn't able to do that we, with the plan she had. So we were able to then just add on a, you know, a few feet, which then shifted everything to add on a few feet because, oh, wow. because it, she's very symmetrical. Mm -hmm. so the fireplace was lined up with the stove, which was lined up with the hood. And so by adding the three feet onto the living room, it was throwing everything off. So, oh, wow. Yeah. But she, that's like, we worked with her for two and a half years. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Long project. Yep. Because she ended up, we ended up going into phase three, which is furniture and accessories and all of that fun stuff, you know, after we get, get through all that. So yeah. gathering your team, finalizing your home plans and layouts, which is really, really good. And then budget. Nobody likes the B word. Like yeah. nobody likes to talk about the B word, but it's very important because 
you not only do you need to think about what your budget is or where you would like to land. And like I said, a lot of times people aren't accurate with, you can't do everything that you want within the budget, yeah. uh, but you want to know where do you want to put your budget dollars? A lot of people like contractors, especially in Iowa, they will give people allowances to work off of. And so the first thing you're doing, like, let's say you're doing a kitchen remodel, they're mm -hmm. going to go and pick out appliances first so that you can get them to the cabinet designer. So then you can start designing cabinets. Well, appliances, you're probably already going over, over because you're just, they bid out a mid-price appliance line and everybody wants different things. Yeah. yeah. They have some really cool appliances now. Yeah. Uh, and then the next thing you're going to do is cabinets. You're probably going to go over. It's yeah, just yeah. the way it is because of this, the door finishes and two tones and different things that you want there. So knowing what your budget is and where you want to put your budget dollars is amazing. So when you're working with the designer, before you even get the contractor involved, you're picking everything out. Everything is designed. I'm talking down to how do you want the, the tile installed? What grout color do you want? Do you want the grout with the sealer or not? Do you want the coating put on your shower door to make everything just slide off like easy clean or what? Like everything detailed out. Because then as you go through and you hand all those documents to your contractor, your contractors say, okay, here's where we're at with budget. You can go back and say, well, you know, this lighting wasn't extremely important to me, but the sound system was. So let's cut back on the lighting a little bit okay. to get us the sound system we want. Because you you haven't said, like I like to say, you haven't said yes to the dress yet. You haven't signed off working when you're work, not working on allowances, when you're working with the designer up front and getting everything designed and selected, you're not working off of allowances. So you can go back and say, I don't want that. Or I don't want to spend that much money on cabinets knowing that I want you know, this really cool tile that I picked out was yeah. what's important to you and where do you want to put your money? So budget. Um, and the next real quick on the budget piece, I, I got a quick story. Someone I know really close to me um, was working with a designer and, um, you know, the project was uh, just about done and then it wasn't done. And then in order to be completed, there was a change order. And it went like $12,000 over budget. And um, and I told this person, I said, next time you get into something like that, talk to me first, because that scope of work needs to be dialed in before the project gets started. That way you're all on the same page, you know how much money you're spending. And if the change order happens, it's because you opened up a wall and there was a pipe that needed to be fixed, or there's an electrical issue, or you ripped up the flooring and then you got foundation issues or something like that. Outside of that, you know, really shouldn't be getting much of a change order unless you change the scope of work. Exactly. Which is why having everything documented. And mm -hmm. that's why I call it setting your team, gathering your team. That first step is insurance that's, Yeah. because you are not working with your contractor for on most projects. You're working with them for a while. So you yeah. have to do your due diligence and make sure it's a good fit for everybody. But yeah. it, having a, a designer on board is just insurance visually to make sure you're getting what you want. Sure. Yeah, that's excellent. Yep. So knowing where you want to put your dollars in. And then a lot of times, um, because this happened, this happened to me. So we moved from New Jersey to Iowa. And this is why I'm so passionate about the budget part of it. We had yeah. a horrible experience building our home. I can't go into details because yeah, okay. I can't go into details. But it was not great. So I decided instead of being 
really sad and becoming the angry person I was becoming because yeah. of the situation that eats at you because you don't like mm -hmm. being taken advantage of. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm just going to use this as extra college because yeah. this is just extra schooling for me. Now I can make sure that my clients don't have to go through this. Yep. That's how I'm going to turn this into this sour, sour, horrible, disgusting lemonade yeah. <laughs> or lemon, sour lemons into lemonade. Yes. Um, so yeah. So taking that experience out. So a lot of times you think you're on budget and then something happens because things do, um, you're yeah. not working with the right person, let's say. And like I had furniture and window treatments, like that was part of the thing of moving back to Iowa. Like I wanted money in the budget to be able to purchase those items because there's nothing worse than having a brand new house and thinking you're going to get a few new things to fill in and, and then not having the funds to be able to do that. So a lot of times, you know, the communication isn't flowing. For example, sure. I had one client who was building a home and she was out of state. And she was building a home in a different state. And she was mm -hmm. flying back and forth because she had businesses oh, in wow. both states. Okay. And she was extremely beyond busy. And she um, engaged me over halfway through the project. I think the cabinets had been ordered, but she didn't realize she signed off on cabinets. And they did every single cabinet the same. And put. she spent all this money on this expensive glaze. She didn't even know she approved. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. So I'm, I was digging in and the more I was digging in, I was finding stuff. I go, I think you need to figure out where you're at on budget. Cause she's like, the house cannot cost more than 1.2. And she goes, I need help with lighting. So I go, what's your budget for lighting? How many fixtures? She goes, contact the contractor. I did. So he's like, well, I go, she's at what she said, no more than 1.2 for the home. How many light fixtures does she need? And where she, you know, where are we at here? So I can help her. And he was very quiet. And mm. I was like, it's something wrong. He's like, well, she's over 2.4 million now with the house oh and she has 50 light fixtures to pick out. And I'm like, okay. Or 52 light fixtures to pick out. And I said, okay, can wow. I have the locations and, and all of that? And I'll get started. What's the budget for the light fixtures since she's already so far over. And he goes, well, I planned $5,000 for her budgeting light fixtures on a 2.2 oh. million, 2.4 million. Wow. So it's just because a lot of my clients are busy professionals and they don't, they're not in it. And so had yeah. she known, you know, she could have saved almost $30,000, just not having the glaze and, you know, having somebody look over the, the cabinets, which is way more than what design fees would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Do. Gosh, that's crazy. I know I have stories upon stories like that. Like one, one of my clients has said it just to hire us for furniture that she wanted to do all the selecting herself, which is totally cool. But she called me in a panic because she had four little kids under the age of six. And this was this custom builder. Mm -hmm. And she, she goes, I did a paint walkthrough. I was letting the kids run around on the main floor because it's empty. And she goes, now I have black marks all over about two to three feet high all over my walls. And I go, well, what the heck were the kids doing? And she's like, they were just probably touching it. And she goes, but the thing is, is it won't come off. And I was like, okay, I already knew what the problem was. I said, go down to the basement and read me what is on the paint can. And they use their standard is flat paint on the walls everywhere for an $800,000 custom home seven years ago, flat paint on the wow. walls, wow. not eggshell with four little kids under the age of six. So she paid $9,000 to have the entire main floor repainted. And I was like, do you know that I could have designed your Wow. house and the fee wouldn't have even been quite that much. And that's the importance of just gathering your team at the beginning, getting everyone on yes. the same page. Yes. Yeah. Because if she would have, if she would have taken the time to make a paint chart 
which said all the finishes and submitted that to her builder, her builder would have said at that point, we're going to have to charge another $2,000 if you want eggshell because our, our standard is to do flat paint. Then mm -hmm. she would have known. She would have said, okay, pay the 2000 But then now she ended up paying like 9000 more. Gosh. To do wow. it. I know. And I have stories upon stories and everybody's like, I should have called you sooner. I should have called you yeah. sooner. So we got to gather your team, finalize your home plans and layouts. And Budget. budget and then protecting your budget. So getting, whether you're hiring a designer or not, that's just part of knowing the process of the designer. Like we make, for example, three documents. The first document is, has all the floor plans in it. It has um, like, we color code and, and do everything for flooring transitions. We do electrical plans. We do um, paint, paint or tile transition. So anytime you're going to do wallpaper, paint, tile, anything on the wall that's different than the normal paint color, we call it out and color code it. And all of that's in this ID document with nice crisp images of like your doors, what your trim's going to look like, renderings, like we'll do like, what is your kitchen going to look like done? All of those things are in that ID document. And the next thing we make is a paint chart. Like I spoke about, we'll say what's going where, if it's going to be a uh, wallpaper will note to make sure the walls are skim coated. If it's a remodel or new construction, don't put any texture on those walls just so you don't have to pay for different things, right? Or right. like sometimes people will say like, I want tile on my bathroom wall up 42 inches, you know, all the way around. So then we can note for the, um, on the next document we make on the sub sheet, which is our sourcing document at list by vendor, what we source every single product for every part of the new builder remodeled home. So let's say if they want tile 42 inches up, we can say on the countertops, no backsplash or side splash because that'll save them money. Mm -hmm. Like all those little details, like where did we source everything from? Yeah. Which I think you would, as a contractor would love because you could just, with links on it, you click an order, click an this, order. Yeah, this whole process makes it so much easier for me because the scope of work is not vague. We know exactly when it needs to be done to detail and it leaves no room for error, right? Right. And that's, that's what I like about this as a contractor, because there's no like disputes afterwards, as long as we follow the scope, yep. we're, we're all good to go. And we're going to um, all be happy people at the end of the project. Exactly. And that's, the, that's the main part of it. And it really just does protect your budget because knowing yeah. what it's going to cost to get exactly what you want up front so that you can make the educated decisions on where you want to put those dollars and where you don't. That's fine. Like we were able to, one of our clients projects came in at 177 for a main floor remodel and a master bathroom remodel and their budget was 120. So we were like, okay, if we take all the extra stuff out of the dining room, we were going to do, if you switch your cabinet door handles, if we don't do this here, if we do this here, if we, you know, just came up with all these ideas. And so then they were able to pick and choose like, okay, we don't want this. We're okay with this. And then we got them to like one, 117 to do mm -hmm. that. And then they're going to uh -huh. do their, their, um, phase two, which will be the, um, master bathroom bathroom down the road after they recover recoup from doing that, but they yeah. wanted to pay cash. They didn't want to. So rather sure. than getting into it, thinking they can get all this stuff done for their price and then being really sad about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And one thing that I was thinking about as, as, uh, you were talking is, you know, when you have that team in place, that 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 whole thing, team concept is important to me. Um, you know, just contractors' worlds, there's egos involved, you know, and there's times where maybe the contractor will want to talk directly to the owner and say, oh, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. 
And I just want to like the listeners who want to work with a designer, make sure that's filtered through your designer first before you give permission for anything, because that's when your budget gets screwed up. Yeah, not only that, but then it just doesn't look right. For example, we do a lot of multifamily properties for investors, Mm -hmm. and one of them decided to go rogue and they changed. Uh-huh. They couldn't get the backsplash that I selected. So mm-hmm. they went rogue and they're like, we'll just do a white picket fence subway tile. But they did it in, um, instead of doing it in white, which would have been better, they did it in bright blue, like a bright blue. Oh my gosh. But our accent wall was blue and the, it ruined the color of the cabinets and our floating shelves, we did in a punch of color because everything else was so subdued. So I'm like, you're going to have to, I, like when I went there to go install the furniture for the community spaces, I'm like, you've got to paint the shelves. You're going to have to paint the accent walls now because you're not ripping out the tile in four buildings, you know, but you, you know, just run those, it, run it by me just to make sure, because I would have caught it and said, get it in white instead of blue. Like you don't know what you're doing when you make those small changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing about the team, getting everyone on the same page. Everyone has their role. The contractor's role is to follow the scope of work. And then the designer designs. That's why they're called designers, right? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> and we're just, yeah, we just want to, and we're, it's actually really good because when you get a really good team together, mm-hmm. it the the whole experience becomes more elevated. Yeah. Much more elevated because you've got a process in place. You've got three people watching your back and nobody's out to outdo, you know, one another. You can say, Hey, like I had a contractor call me the other day. He's like, Hey, you text me and said I could do four inch shelves, but I think, you know, two and a quarter is going to be much better in scale here. Let me show you what I'm talking about. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're so right. That was a great catch. Thanks for you know, thanks for having my back on that. And he's like, absolutely. He's like, it's my name on it too. So it's, you've just got that camaraderie there. You've got an extra, 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 extra. Yeah. That's a, that's perfect teamwork right there. Yeah, exactly. It's so important. Yeah. And then I guess like, then I had like for the fifth like item just to like keep in keep in mind, like just some final notes on that is just make sure you're not rushing through finding Mm -hmm. things, making sure you're taking your time and getting what you want. Because I had a client contact us. We did the whole design. Then they engaged a local contractor and the, they have their own design team. So they were very flustered to get our document because they needed to translate it into theirs, which was not a problem. I'm like, we can down, we can save it as a, you know, Excel spreadsheet. You can copy and paste and download all you, all you want to do, or all you need to do. It's no big deal. Um, but then they kept apologizing. They said, did we engage the designer too soon? Did we do this? And I'm like, they're the builder. I'm sorry that you, they're working for you. You're not working for them. You, you engaged us so that we could take you through the process. So you could see all the visualization of how each space was going to look. Um, yeah. And I hope once they get into the project a little bit more, I hope the builder, you know, recognizes the fact that all the work that went up to it. And hopefully that once they get their head wrapped around our process, you know, just trying to protect the client. But I just thought that was so funny. I'm like, you are the clients, you, you want what you want. And that's why you hired us. You know, you shouldn't be apologizing. They're the boss. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought it was very interesting. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little bit different. So when you mentioned like the, the the builder ego thing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Our way or the highway. I'm like, it doesn't, be like that. And I know that there are designers out there that complicate the situation. Yeah. I, I know that, but, um, but all we're out to do really, as far as like 
from EED standpoint is to be a part of the team, to protect the client's budget, to make sure their visions are coming to life and that we're all working together to solve problems just as another backup, another, another thing. Because there's so many times when clients were frustrated with the builder and they would come talk to me about it. And I would talk to the builder. I'm like, hey, you might want to check on Sally because she seems a little frustrated because of X, Y, and Z. And then they get upset with me. I'm like, I'm trying to help. <laughs> I'm just trying to save the relationship. The like messenger. you're in it for a while. Yeah, don't shoot the messenger. I'm trying to help. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. So yeah. So just make sure you're taking your time and that you're in control and you're making the right decisions for you. And, and that, you know, keep an open mind because I'll tell clients all the time, one client, she's building a house and it's the same floor plan as her house now, but she's expanding it a little bit and changing it up a little bit more for function. But she's like, I want this. And I'm like, isn't that how your house is now? Like you're building new. I'm going to yeah. push you out of the envelope just a little <laughs> tiny bit. And I'm going to push so, you out of the box. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Hey, so um, kind of getting into, let's just say bathrooms, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of practical here. So when um, somebody is designing a bathroom, um, and you know, it's pretty exciting. I've been through a couple of new builds and it's kind of fun to just like, Hey, this is what we want to do and you're designing it and stuff. But the reality is, I don't know what a bathroom should look like. You know, I mean, I do now, right? Cause I'm a contractor, but um, back in the day, what are some of the things that people should take into consideration when they are designing, let's say a bathroom? Yeah. I think knowing like, if you want to age in place, like that's a huge thing. If you're going to be here forever, mm -hmm. there's some people, sure. especially like in Florida too, where people are remodeling. Now's the time to think about how do we get a zero entry? So you're not stepping up over the curb. How do we, you know, allow for accessibility into, in case somebody needs to be assisting, you know, yeah. showers, do you want a bench? Like, what are all the things that you want? Do you, a lot of people think like just a shower head, but I'm like, if you build this big shower, how are you going to get it clean back there? Like you probably want a handheld. Do you know what I mean? Like how, are, yeah. how do you want it to function? Do you want um, a soaking tub? Do you want the tub yeah. inside the shower? Is it that big? Um, is it, if we're doing it, is there a better way to get a better layout? Can we take part of the closet or re reorganize the whole you know, um, master bedroom suite to get a better function and layout. Yeah. I think that's a key word, right? Function. Is it functional? Mm -hmm. Like what kind of life are you living now? What stage of, uh, is your life? Yeah. And um, you mentioned earlier, I think a, a shave shelf. Like, yeah, a shave people shelf. People think about that, right? Like I walked into my bathroom and I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a cool bathroom. It's really neat, but there's no function. I just moved in there recently. So there, it's not functional. It looks nice, but it's not functional. Like I would have put a shelf up there so I could put all my Costco bottles of shampoo, yes. right? Because the rack isn't strong enough, right? Yes. You know, for the ladies who want to shave their legs, you know, a little shelf on, on the bottom, that's functional. It helps out, right? So when you design it, think about what kind of life of, am I living? What kind of things would I like to have in the bathroom to make my life easier? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and like, the makeup counter, natural light, you know, just different mm -hmm. things to put it. And one thing that people make mistakes on all the time that I should mention is they'll pick out their cabinets first, right? Especially if they're working off allowances, you're picking out cabinets, you have Pinterest images, but then the cabinets you order don't match kind of the Pinterest image for one shape or way or another because of how it was laid out. But let's say they always wanted sconces, like they want four sconces, one on each side of the mirror, but how they lay it out the vanity you have it's off center maybe you have drawers on one side and your sink on the other so then to put the mirror 
it doesn't always center right. So you can't do the lights that way. You end up having to do the overhead lights or just forget the light fixtures altogether and just do a, you know, recess light. But then it's kind of like a bummer. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like you're let down, like, you know, I really, really wanted that. And I didn't know because that's what happens when people work off of allowances and are picking one thing out at a time and don't get to see that whole design done, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, awesome. So, um, Jody, I know you you work all over the nation. Um, how would somebody you're not localized? So anybody in the U.S. who wants to work with the designer could give you a call. How would someone contact you if they wanted to talk to you about your services and just get more information about you? Absolutely. So the best thing to, is to go to the website, which is Elizabeth Aaron, spelled E-R-I-N, designs with an S.com. And they can see our portfolios and they can go on the contact us page. And on the contact us page, they can fill out a little bit of information. So we know they're not a robot yeah, <laughs> and exactly. then it'll give them access to my calendar and they can schedule a 30 minute complimentary consultation with me. Um, so I can understand the project scope and we can bid out only things that they need. And I show them examples of all the documents and renderings so they can say, yeah, I really don't feel like I need that on this one. This is really what I need. Um, and so that's the best way, or they can contact our um, office at 515-986-1895. They can do that, or they can just email us at office at elizabetherendesigns.com. And it's Excellent. Elizabeth E-R-I-N and designswithaness.com. That's the best way. Cool. We'll, we'll put that in our on our website. And if anyone, check out her website. It's an amazing website. I was just looking at it uh, before the show here. And uh, it's you got some great pictures of your prior work. You have all the different services you had because you don't do just do residential, you do commercial. Uh, so your services are, are really um, wide and you're able to serve a lot of people. So that's excellent. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, I mean, we already talked earlier about the cold coffee thing. Um, yeah. So let me ask you, I know you're drinking coffee because of the name of the, co uh, the, the show, <laughs> but are you more of a coffee person or a tea person? You know, it kind of depends on the, on the weather. So in Iowa, I was really drinking a lot of tea with almond milk. Okay. And then all of a sudden I moved down here and, you know, as a business owner, I go back to Iowa once a month for a week. So I'm in Iowa, I'm getting a month's worth of work done in a week, like literally morning to night I'm working. And then when I'm here, I'm trying to keep, get things going here in Pensacola, Florida, because we just opened this storefront, you know, this area up. So yeah. now I'm into coffee. <laughs> I feel like because <laughs> where things were just kind of smooth and going along in Iowa. And then when we yeah. make it here, it's like, now I'm doing double duty work, you know, which I, I love. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely love it. But now I'm more of a coffee girl. Yeah. When, when the grind increases, so does the coffee, right? Absolutely. And then when it, now that it's in Florida, I've been finding, I liked iced coffees. Like yes. as an afternoon little pick me up or like those, have you ever tried noon tablets before? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. They're awesome. So you just, it's like a little tablet. So like I drink a lot of water, but okay. uh, sometimes you want something different. So it's this noon tablet. It's, they have different flavors and you just pop it in a glass of water and it fizzes uh -huh. a little bit and then it all fizzes out. And then it's just like flavored water, oh. but it, there's no sugar in it. Is which there is what I There's a little bit of caffeine, oh, yeah, there we go. But, but you have to get the sport kind. Cause oh, okay. I think some people use it for maybe like a little, it's a light pre-workout maybe. Oh yeah. 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 
Yeah, but it's N-U-U-N, Noon Tablets. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. Sounds familiar. Maybe I've heard of it. Maybe the, my, my boys may have mentioned it or something like that, but I'll take you to the shot. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's cool. good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, Jody, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for telling us about your company and what you all do. Um, and uh, if there's anything that we can do for you, just reach out to us and we'd be happy to help out. Absolutely. And vice versa. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you.